regular listeners to this podcast know that every once in a while, we let you meet an OMN person who helps bring you our content. Today, Gary Furlow is in the cafe. He's not an OMN staffer. He works here at Artichoke Music, but he has worked with us on several projects, including the video episodes of Coffee Shop Conversations, on which he did everything technical, recording, editing, lighting, mixing, like I said, everything. He's a pro's pros, having worked throughout the country for networks and local stations, as well as a whole lot of other stuff. Plus, he's a musician himself. It's been great fun working with Gary, since much of my career has been in TV, just like him. Meet Gary Furlow. This little chromium switch here. Uh, it's a fire sign theater. Oh, yeah, it's not, yeah. It's not, yeah. Re- it's not really chromium. Not really, yeah. <laughs> he was no fun. He fell right over. Yeah. Well, I usually welcome people here, but you're here all, you're, <laughs> you're here all the time. I have a bed in the back, yeah. <laughs> What do you actually have a title here? Yeah, I do. Um, and I, I just ordered some. I was supposed to order some business cards. Uh-huh. I haven't done it yet, and it's got my title on it. I think I'm called head of production, uh-huh. head of productions, or something like that. Uh-huh. Uh, I basically run the sound in the video. Yeah. I mean, I'm the guy. I designed the sound in here, installed it, uh-huh. bought the bought the gear, uh-huh. put it all in. Mainly because nobody else wanted to, <laughs> but yeah, no. So and since then, I've been running the sound and the lights and the video since we started doing video last uh-huh. year uh-huh. Uh, for Artichoke, and they finally said, "Well, nah, we need to give you a title and put you on the <laughs> staff, and uh, we're officially exploiting you now, <laughs> and sort of volunteer un- unofficially exploiting you as we were before." But it's great. I love the, this community. This uh, yeah, this theater is uh, pretty special. Uh, anybody who's ever played here will tell you that. Yeah, yeah. So well, I can tell you one thing. Um, I really appreciated working with you. Well, thanks. Because we're both old pros, and we yeah, don't, emphasis we, on the old. We don't really have to say anything because we know what the fuck it's supposed to be. Well, we're gonna kind of blow through the next 20 minutes with that then if you want but yeah no yeah we have a common yeah vernacular yeah you know and, you know. and aesthetic we know what it's supposed to look like we know yeah. it's supposed to sound like well we both came out of episodic tv yeah we both yeah. came out of news departments to some right. extent to i'm some a, extent. i'm a newsie yeah going way back i mean yeah. my f- first jobs one of my first jobs were editing film that's how old i am i was i, I, I was, was at a, a station, film editor i was at a station that had film yeah, I had film. I had the film chain break during the newscast. Yeah, well, I've had that. I used to load them. My, one of my first jobs. I mean, I started in radio, but my first television job yeah. was as a, as a loader. I'd wow. load film chains, and I could load a film chain in eight seconds. <laughs> the old, and uh, I could turn around where you used to play. Uh, we uh, people at home probably don't care, but you had two film chains, and you'd run one one commercial on one. Then they'd switch a switch and switch to the other one. Yeah. And while that one was running, you had to within thirty seconds take the fir- that film that just ran off and load the next <laughs> film. So thirty seconds later, the TD or the director, or whoever, could hit the button, and yeah. the next film would roll. And I could do that and still have a cup of coffee. Like that. <laughs> and uh, I got good at it. But yeah. but those those that was a long time ago. Yeah, people don't realize that that's the that's where the term B roll comes from. Yeah, because it was actually a B roll. 
Yeah. Yeah. A, a, a roll. And a B roll. And a B roll. Yeah. Explain to the people what was on the B roll. Uh, the cutaways. Yeah. If you had on the A roll, uh, I'm, we're talking probably usually a newscast of yes. some kind. Yes. You had a guy talking, and back when they allowed 30 second sound bites, which is huh. ancient history. You would not want to keep the 30 seconds of the person talking up there the whole time because uh-huh. you've seen them for 10 seconds. Yeah. You supered them. You told a few folks at home who they were. And then you would cut away to something that hopefully was related to what they were talking about. And that was the B-roll. And since you did it all live, there was no way to edit that in like they would do today where you just edit it into the, to the timeline. Right. It's no big deal. Right. Back then, you had to actually roll it in and live, yes. put it on the air, and then come back to the A-roll at the appropriate moment. And it was actually a roll of film. It was a roll of film that, that they would put <laughs> together downstairs, and yeah. God help you if they didn't put it in the right order. Oh. Um, <laughs> and something got switched, which happened occasionally. It was rare, but it happened. Where you'd I, roll something, they you know the anchor, you've seen it. The anchor lead into something. Yeah. You'd roll it, you'd cut to it, and it was complete. You know, here's the car chase, and suddenly it's a guy showing you his new home. You know, it, it, whatever. <laughs> I it had might a be. director who was a screamer. I tried to avoid that. Well, I because I moved pretty quickly from loading the film yeah. to rolling the film. Yeah. I was a director pretty quickly because I was in a very <laughs> small market, but I tried never to. <laughs> I'm sure I did. But your guy, did he tear India? Or was no, it you? No, it wasn't me. It wasn't you. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know. But I, we also had a guy who was a, uh, a, an executive producer who had been a Marine drill sergeant. Ooh, not a good combination. And he would go out at lunch and get roaring drunk and come by and just come back. A triple threat. And get, <laughs> just scream at people. Wow. <laughs> no, I never had that. I had guys, I had one... GM that used to get blasted at lunch and he would come in and tell me about how well the station was doing and of course we were going right in the toilet but we were doing real well in his mind which was fun but it's funny when that happens the station I was station I worked at was dropped by CBS ooh (laughs) not good not good. Well, CBS was the the Tiffany Network. They were the platinum yeah. of the day. And if you didn't come up to their measurements, or if somebody could pay them more money, yeah, no, it was uh, no. I, I was it was I because was, it was because our news department sucked so bad. Well, I started when there was no. I mean, I started. Well, I mean, I started in in Lafayette. I'm from uh-huh. New Orleans. You yeah. know that. Yeah. I'm started in Lafayette, working at the ABC affiliate there, uh-huh. and started as a film loader uh-huh. and editor. And then they needed somebody to TD the we- the to, to direct the uh-huh. weekend news, and so I got that shift. And then I moved to New Orleans, where I was with an independent station for a number of years that didn't even have a a news department. We had a production department. <laughs> I was the production guy, and I got fired from there for taking a swing at the program manager. Did you? It's a long story. Well, he must have deserved it. He absolutely did. <laughs> and, and I thought it was petty of him to call that grudge when I cold cocked him on the, anyway. You actually um, hit him? I, I grazed him. I grazed him enough to where he felt insulted that I would do that. <laughs> and he took it seriously. Yeah. It turns out he, I was production manager and he had, I had asked for raises from my staff and yeah. he had told me the general manager said, absolutely not. The owner said, absolutely not. Never going to do that. And one day I asked the owner about it and he says, I don't know what you're talking about. No one's ever brought it up to me. And so <laughs> that happened. But it worked out to be great because I got fired there. And within two weeks I was working at the ABC affiliate. 
<laughs> and ended up being their senior director within two years. So it worked out. I was a production manager and such, so it worked out great. And that led to going to work at ABC in Washington and yeah. then production houses in yeah. St. Louis doing Cardinal Baseball. Yeah. Um, if people only knew. Yeah. I actually did some Orioles games. A couple of when I was working in D.C. I was at ABC really? in D.C. And we would do, uh, go. was it Veterans Stadium? Memorial Stadium? Memorial Stadium. Yeah. When was that? Oh, it would have been 85, 86. Oh, they were starting to really suck then. Yeah, well, yeah. we did. It seemed like I got tied in whenever the Bats, whenever the Blue Jays came into town, oh, I, they yeah. called on me because yeah. it was always a weekend four-game series. And... I was like their second fill-in guy. Ran camera and ran videotape, yeah. slow-mo yeah. and stuff. So yeah. Yeah. That was a, those were the days. Fun shooting baseball, isn't it? Baseball is not is complicated shooting yeah. baseball. Oh, I Baseball's know. a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, especially in the old days, we used to have to wire the stadiums. Now they're all pre-wired. But right. back then, a lot of the stadiums, except for maybe the booth cameras, you uh -huh. had to run the cables, and you had to do all that. They weren't wired. Uh -huh. Stadiums didn't think it was their job um, <laughs> to, to supply you with cabling and such, even though they rented you the space. But, yeah, we used to have to show up on a Thursday afternoon or Thursday morning and run cables throughout the stadium, including that center field camera, which is way oh usually way the hell in that. Sometimes the, that's also parking, so you want to run it the other way. But, yeah, wiring up stadiums on a Thursday morning for a – four game series and then you used to do it we do that for football too which was you yeah. get there friday morning yeah. wire the stadium do the do the game saturday afternoon tear it all out and be gone by sunset saturday huh. that wow. was i did that for yeah. two or three years when i was freelancing that's difficult it was it was it was good work great yeah. people oh, you yeah, worked sure. with yeah. um yeah. you know uh, Me, I just showed up with uh, that's, that's when I was with Evening Magazine, mm -hmm. and I would just show up with my shooter and, and uh, audio person. Did that too, <laughs> but I was never on camera. I was always producing. Did but you? Yeah. Have, did you have to carry the, the like really? I did carry the three quarter recorders? inch tape machines. Oh man, those are really heavy. And I'd help out with They're the like light a, pack. The hundred pounds were like a hundred, weren't they? Like a hundred. It was pounds? something like that. I yeah. mean, the cameras were yeah. in the twenties, and I think that thing was yeah. about with the batteries. It yeah. was thirty or forty pounds. I yeah, they were right at seventy-five pounds. Uh, the shooter had gear. to wear a battery battery pack around his waist. Uh, one man bands. A one man smaller bands are now. We, smaller markets. At least we man. didn't have one man bands. I think we're boring people. Death oh this. no! There, there's a great website. No, there, there is a, there. Is a, I think people are interested in, in this sort of behind the scenes things. Yeah, behind the scenes stuff. We we both came out of that. Um, you know, back when TV was was uh, considered. Uh, a noble profession <laughs> you know working for a news department used to be a big deal uh, you know you told them i work for a news channel eight or whatever yeah. it would be yeah yeah and they go hey when, oh. I, when i moved to portland in 97 and i started working for the oregonian mm -hmm. in the living section i was thrilled that section kicked ass mm -hmm. they had great people great writers and great editors you know well i worked in New Orleans for many years. We had a good station with good people. We never uh -huh. really broke through as a, we were second a lot, right. third a lot. Yeah. Uh, the number one station in town was owned by the Catholic Church, huh. WWL, yeah. and they had all the money because they were a nonprofit. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, they yeah. had, all, they just had more clout. Plus, who's going to not watch the Catholic Church? I mean, come on. <laughs> but in St. Louis, when I moved to St. Louis, I got hired away by a friend of mine that I'd worked with in New Orleans. He hired me up there. 
we for a while at KSDK, mm-hmm. which is celebrating their 75th anniversary, I, I think, wow. very soon. Mm-hmm. Um, we were the number one station in the country. We were doing 40 shares in our 10 o'clock news. I understand because I I worked at WJZ in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. We were getting 40s. Yeah, and that was unheard ma- of at even, the time. Even, even magazine was getting was getting a 40 at 7:30. Yeah, that's just nuts these days. I mean, they're doing no. twos and threes and think it's great stuff. I know. <laughs> yeah, we used to really fight for that stuff, but that, we only had four networks and or three right. three networks in an independent or two right. most markets. Right. Right. And uh, but we I was with an NBC affiliate, which KSDK was in St. Uh-huh. Louis. At the same time, the Cardinals were in the series twice. We oh, had the Cardinals, boy. and that's what I went to do when they hired me. It was yeah. to produce Cardinal baseball. Yeah. And uh, we had Seinfeld, and we had Cosby, oh. and we had all these top oh. comedy shows on Thursday nights wow. we just killed. And yeah. we had other good stuff, too. And uh, we just and we had a great newscast. We had a great staff of yeah. news people yeah. and uh, a good owner who kept money in the market. Huh. At the time, and it was the same people that did Phil Donahue's show and just Sally right. Jesse. Yeah. Sally Jesse Raphael's show started in our studio huh. in St. Louis because it was it was cheaper to it was like a pilot, yeah. you know, series. I mean, the first couple of three years yeah. after the first few, it wasn't they would they got to go, yeah. but they stayed in in St. Louis. I think just because it was cheaper to produce there. Uh-huh. And then after she did it there for five or six years, I mean, her producer Bert DeBrow lived the, lived there. And she would commute. She would come in, and we'd do three show, two shows on Monday, two shows on Tuesday, a show Wednesday morning, and then and she would do a radio, her radio show, which was her primary thing still at that time, from a studio down the street. I think she did it at KMOX, mm-hmm. which was the big CBS station. Very down, big. Down the, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then after a while, she would do that show on Wednesday, and then fly back to New York or wherever she was <laughs> living at the time. I think she lived. Yeah, I think it was still New York. Yeah. Um, and do her Thursday and Friday shows. And then that got old, obviously. Yeah, really. And so they moved the show up to uh, Unitel up in New York, huh. which I've actually visited her there after we did a, <laughs> some shows. I used to work with a wonderful, wonderful anchor, yeah. young lady named Karen Foss, huh. who was just absolutely one of the best huh. interviewers and anchor people you'd ever want to meet. And we did a series of shows called Face to Face. Won some Emmys for it. Uh-huh. And we interviewed Rush Limbaugh. We interviewed Jay Leno right after he took over the Tonight Show. <laughs> we interviewed all kinds of people. Yeah. We went out yeah. to L.A. Yeah. and interviewed yeah. uh, Kathleen Madigan when she was just, oh she was from St. Louis, yeah. as, which you may know is part of her act. Yes. Um, and we interviewed her on Manhattan Beach in uh, <laughs> L.A. <laughs> uh, near her home. Or apartment yeah when she was just breaking through wow. and we interviewed rush in his studio when he was doing that tv show remember that God he did dude. that for a few years and uh so we uh she was just terrific so you get to work with some of the best people oprah came out of my station i met oh, i interviewed oprah in her studio or she, karen did karen did that to, was another show we did to, used to say hello to her in the hallway yeah well yeah. my best friend's wife my best friend Rich, his wife Victoria Brace, worked for Oprah as a promotions producer and a yeah. line producer and worked for her for many well, years that they it, lived in it Chicago. It was interesting what happened because she was co-anchoring the, the morning talk show. Mm-hmm. Not, not the early morning, but the, like the, the uh, like 11, 11, yeah, 11 yeah, yeah. a.m. The noon show lead-in. Yeah, and uh, uh, and, I, and one of her producers, one of her segment producers was a drinking buddy of mine. 
And so and she was fabulous. I mean, she was really great. I loved her. And but she got a gig in Chicago working on, um, I guess it might have, might have been the Phil Donahue show. Hmm. Uh, but it was, was whatever their their morning show was, talk show. And um, she she's the one who brought Oprah to to Chicago. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that story. Yeah, yeah. I've heard a lot about that. I mean, Debbie my, DeMeo was her name. Debbie DeMeo. That yeah. name seems familiar to me. Well, she was, you know, she was Oprah. She was a producer on Oprah show for forever. I mean, yeah, I I had spent a little time in her confines when she had her own building mm-hmm. in in when she had Oprah uh, uh, yeah. uh, Productions um, over there yeah. in Chicago. We used to go up. Well, we were in St. Louis, so it was a few yeah. hour drive. We'd go up, yeah. and we interviewed her a couple of times, as I recall. And like I said, my friend's wife, Victoria, was a, one of her producers. Uh-huh. Did a lot of promos and stuff like that yeah, yeah. for her for for many years that they lived in Chicago. Yeah. Um, well, Debbie was the reason that I got to be a guest on Oprah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I wait now. Wait, I didn't know you had been a guest. On oh, yeah, Oprah. yeah, yeah. What was the topic? I outed myself as a tabloid uh, uh, a tabloid newspaper writer. Oh. And then I made up all the stories. Oh, really? Uh-huh. This about you I did not know. Oh, yeah. I, I wrote for The Sun, made up all the stories. Pu- Random House published a book about it, oh, uh, you man. know, um, uh, a few years later. What What was your best one? What was the m- most left field? I can't say that. <laughs> oh, what, what was a moderate one then? Rabid Nun infects entire convent. I love it. Oh, Rabid Nun. Rabid Nun. Oh, Rabid Nun. how did she get infected? What was the... Well, the pro- here's the story. The story was... <laughs> She was the sweetest nun on earth. Well, she, she would was have an to be. Angel, and she took care of all the little animals in her in her garret oh. room, including a bat, who and they loved each other, of and course. the bat would fly in every night. But one night, the bat flew in and bit her, oh. and she got rabies, and so she infected the. She, one night over dinner, she started biting all the other nuns. <laughs> <laughs> Did anyone ask to research actually how rabies affects a human rather oh, than an hell animal? No, of course not. <laughs> Didn't matter, you know. <laughs> well, that's a great. I, well, you. I would assume you wrote the headline first. No, I wrote the whole thing. Oh well, but I mean, yeah, yeah, for, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, That's yeah, the where the story you yeah. come up with the, the best first, headline. The first story I ever wrote for them, and and almost the most disgusting, was Grandma turns pet dog inside out looking for lost lottery ticket. Okay. That's, that's, I get it. That's fucked up. That's pretty that messed up. Very <laughs> fucked up. Well, then again, it's a, she was a sweet old lady until she realized that her, her way out winning, of the, tra- the trailer park or whatever she yeah. was in was the lottery ticket that she went to go get on the off the counter and realized and saw the last little bits of it going in the mouth. Of, right. Okay, yeah, I got I could do this. Yeah. I can <laughs> do this. I'm a, so I'm a writer, you know, I can I make funny. stuff up. Anyway. That's funny. Yeah. And I did not know that you had worked for the I mean I knew yes. you'd worked for different newspapers, but yes. I didn't know you were a, a tabloid yes. writer. I am I, I, I take responsibility for helping to dumb down America and pave the way for Donald Trump. Oh well yeah. your part in that was minor, if not infinitesimal, but well, there was a whole lot of folks before you and Yes. More intensely after you. Yeah, that's uh, true. Man. These were just jokes. Yeah, exactly. And anybody who would take that kind of stuff. Well, we all, used to read that stuff and just all the laugh. Q, it's like all, all the Q stuff is like that. Oh, yeah. I heard some. What was that thing I heard the other day? 
Oh, I can't can't remember now, but it was something I went. Oh, really? Well, that's other than defying the <laughs> defying physics and you know the way the world works. That's an interesting idea. It's kind of the same thing. They write the headline and then yeah. they have to come up and justify yeah, it. Yeah. You know. So you worked the last your your last regular gig here was in, was it KGW? KG, my last regular television gig. Yeah. Television station gig. Yeah. Was at KGW. Yeah. And then I was hired away. Uh, I was at KGW. I was freelancing in New Orleans uh-huh. when I had lost my job at uh, a Tribune station there. Tribune used to own the Cubs uh-huh. and the Chicago Tribune oh, in yeah. Los Angeles. Yeah. And then that all got broken up, and uh, the TV end, I had worked for Quincy Jones, Geraldo Rivera, mm-hmm. had a company called Quest. Mm-hmm. They all had the same entertainment lawyer. This is back in the 90s. And they owned a series of TV stations, Atlanta and New Orleans, and mm-hmm. I think one or two others, maybe Tallahassee, I forget. Anyway, um, and it was just a, a thing to make money for their entertainment lawyer had right. to put money in. And so Quincy used to come in a couple, three times a year, so I got huh. to meet him. Great. And the other person was Willie Davis, the ex-Packer great. Really? He, those four guys huh. owned Quest. Uh-huh. And I think Quincy was the senior owner was the the major owner and hence so he used the to, Q yeah hence Q right exactly <laughs> and um, so he used to come to town and then they, they finally sold that out the the mm-hmm. to, to Tribune mm-hmm. Tribune took the station over and uh, uh, my whole staff of 22 got gone within about 18 months we were gone they because f- we were making too much money <laughs> well I had a very very good staff we did yeah. a lot of really good productions we did uh we did a a a huge daily series of cooking shows in new orleans Mm. with all the top chefs at the time and it was a daily half hour show Uh and it was really well done we had the best smelling studio in the city (laughs) uh and a really snap crew to produce it Uh, a guy named jim gabor was the executive producer and a producer uh line producer i was the director and uh writer and did the features and mm-hmm. we had a bunch of staff that also helped out really really top-notch folks and we all got let go because we were paid too well <laughs> of course so i freelanced for a couple of three years mm-hmm. doing work for espn uh mm-hmm. sunbelt network madison square garden whoever mm-hmm. doing sports mostly mm-hmm. and I did a few documentaries and i did a pbs pilot mm-hmm for a, a gardening show mm. called The Master Gardener. Didn't we all do PBS pi- uh, pilots? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a good show. And we shot it in, in uh, widescreen. Yeah. It was kind of innovative. Ah. It was before high def existed. Gotcha. We shot it in widescreen, which was uh-huh. kind of cool. And then uh, up here in Portland, a friend of mine, uh, my best friend, Rich Brace, um, his senior producer quit right before the May book. Now, the May book oh. is one of the most important. Oh, Other than the February book, the Quit May book before is the May book? Like oh my two God. weeks before the May book. Ah. So I was going into baseball season, and I don't, didn't get a whole lot of work in baseball season because in baseball season they crew mostly with locals Yeah, because they're going to be there for four or five days in a row six right. days, you know, during a homestand. Yeah. So anyway, he said, why don't you come up and work with do news promos and help me fill in until I can find somebody. And so I said, sure, sure. So I came up here, and I lived here for a month. It was my first time uh. here. I had been here once before for a very short visit, and I uh, fell in love with the city. And at the end what, of my— What year was that? This would have been uh, 2001. Oh, yeah. Late yeah. to—yeah, May 2000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm sorry, 2002. Gotcha. 
because he, when I finished my month, the month of May here, yeah. he offered me the job permanently. Yeah. Yeah. I went home, thought about it for a couple of weeks. And then now, said, where was home at that point? Home was still New Orleans. Still New Orleans? Yeah, I was okay. still living in New Orleans. I gotcha. moved back. I was in St. Louis for yeah. 12 years, was uh-huh. it? And then um, got fired, got laid off there. Everybody gets fired. Well, I, no, I wasn't fired. I was laid off. Same it was It was a, a subtle difference, I agree, but it was a difference. <laughs> there was a change in management. and There's always a change in management. I had a, I had a contract, and they just <laughs> they were negotiating with me to renew it because I was their special projects producer. I did yeah. news series. I did parades i did baseball i did whatever was going well that was when base major league baseball was starting to take their uh, take all the games inside yes and so they could see within a year they wouldn't need me there and so suddenly they stopped negotiating for my new contract Uh and i went oh really why are you doing that well (laughs) maybe we don't need you after all and i said okay i'm out of here so anyway moved back to new orleans Uh got the job at the at the tribune station down there um running that station for three years was it anyway 1997 uh-huh. to 2000 something like that then anyway then freelance for a while then he, he invited me up here so i ended up coming up here yeah. as a senior producer for ksd for kgw uh-huh. and worked there for eight years and then went to work for uh, a computer company who huh. was trying to break into television and had great programmers that knew a lot about programming didn't know anything about television oh, yeah. so they hired me to teach them Huh. Or to take them through the television days, yeah, and did that for a couple for a year and a half, and then finally saw they were trying to get me to program computers more, <laughs> not something I hadn't done in a long time. Right. Uh, anyway, and then I ended up freelancing around, and then worked for Comcast for a while. Uh-huh. Worked for a company called um, Patterson, which was a production company. I did their productions for them. They were a, a medical company, uh-huh. just making a paycheck. Yeah, for the most part. Though we did good work, we did good good stuff, and it was a lot of fun. Um, and then, uh, and then went to work for Comcast as an editor, uh. making commercials and uh-huh. programs and uh-huh. stuff like that. Uh-huh. And then that got laid off, <laughs> and so then I retired. Ah. And I'm still that was six years ago, and I'm still working. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, now I'm doing more now than I ever was. I'm work with uh, Tom May doing his. Uh, River City Folk Show. So do you have more time to, to, to be a musician now? Kind of, somewhat, sometimes. Uh-huh. Um, Has that been a parallel track all these years? No. I When I got married in 71, I decided then that I needed to concentrate on a career in television. And so the guitars and the trombone went in the cases and didn't come out till uh-huh. 2000. Wow. Um, they went in. I just decided that if I'm going to do music, I need to do music. I mean, I did play a little bit in between. Yeah. When I was in St. Louis, we had a band, mm-hmm. a group of us at the, at the station. We put together a band, and we used to go play at this bar down in Soulard, which is on the riverfront down mm-hmm. in uh, mm-hmm. St. Louis, kind of dive bars and stuff like that. Though they weren't yeah. dive bars. They, they were okay bars. I think at one time they were dive bars, but yeah. this time they weren't. And there were, you know, a drummer from one of the other stations and a guitar player from the <laughs> photographer, you know, who was a photographer yeah, and me, I was yeah. a producer. Right, and we right. we put together a band and we used to go and play in uh, on Friday nights, especially because on Friday nights, all the anchors and producers from all the different news departments, once the news got off the air at 1030, on a Friday night, a lot of them would gravitate to this one bar down in the Soulard, 
and we would be there. We would rent some gear and show up and play till one or two in the morning, mm -hmm. and that was fun. Trombone? But, no, I put the trombone away and never took it out until about five years ago, when I real when I was kind of missing it. But when I took it out, it really needed work. Uh -huh. So I brought it up to a guy named Oberlin up in Seattle, who's a wonderful brassier. Uh -huh. Just one of the world's, it's, I found out later, one of the world's top people. People send him instruments from all over the world to have them worked on. I brought it up there, and he kind of saw that it was a 19, it was my dad's trombone, a yeah. 1934 King wow. Silvertone. <clears throat> and um, he kind of went, wow, that's pretty, I've never worked on one of these. I'll repair it, but it's going to take some time because it will not be my primary. I'll give it to my yeah. assistants, and I'll work on it, but it might take us a year. Yeah. Well, it ended up taking him over 18 months, huh. but he redid it absolutely perfect. Huh. He, even, he even had the bell gold-plated back to its original form, huh. uh, and, and the silver was all beautiful again and everything. I mean, it's a wonderful instrument, and I've still got I'm started playing it again. I'm still trying to build up my armature so I can play it better. But doing uh, any tailgating? No, not oh. not at the moment. Like I said, I'm still working on it. It's a <laughs> it's a process. It's I'm surprisingly. I thought, oh, I'll play for a month and I'll get it back. Uh, no, it's it takes a lot more concentrated effort. But yeah. I've been doing so much other stuff. Working here, yeah. I still do freelance uh, yeah. shooting and editing. A lot of freelance mm -hmm. editing. Yeah. I had car dealers that I worked for for. 10 years that I used to do all their commercials oh. while well, when COVID hit oh, and the car sales <laughs> went in the toilet and, uh, and they stopped doing the commercials to yes. save money. Yeah. <clears throat> I lost all that business. Yeah. So uh, I used to write and produce screaming car commercials. Yeah, we weren't quite screaming, but we were certainly. Oh, uh, we were. Uh, we were BMW and Audi. We were oh, a little more, a different. little more hoity toity than, than yeah. screaming. But uh, <laughs> yeah. anyway, so, I, you know, it keeps me busy. But, yeah, I, tr I try to play. Gary Furlow and the Loafers is the band. Uh -huh. And we were playing pretty regularly until COVID hit. And I had some health issues. And suddenly yeah. I, that all kind of coincided with each other, as it turned out. Not COVID. I never had COVID. But yeah. I had some health things. And, and, uh, and so we've kind of all, and mainly the COVID stuff. And, you know, it was a, we were a good group. It was... Uh, you know, people from Wheatfield and mm -hmm. Woodlander, Kerry Canfield and uh, uh, Wills Hobbs would play with me and uh, Paul Douglas. Mm -hmm. And I had a drummer named Matt Miner, who's wonderful, mm -hmm. terrific drummer and a really great guitar player named Phil Hornick, who's an incredible lead guitar player. Just absolutely wonderful. He plays with uh, two or three other bands around town still uh, as things are starting to open up again. And, you know, we're hoping to get some gigs. We're, I've yeah. always got the feelers out. Yeah. Um, but we haven't played well, together in 18 months. I think you have an inn at uh, a place called Artichoke. Yeah, yeah, but I try not to exploit that too much. And we're still opening up here, too. We're, <clears throat> we're kind of taking it uh, easy. I mean, we had a huge festival booked for the end of summer that we had oh, to cancel yeah. oh, because yeah. was, uh, it had another you know, surge. That was terrible. That was a horrible thing. And it's just, terrible. you know, everybody here is vaccinated. Yeah. I'm three times vaccinated. Me, too. So, um, you know... And anybody who comes in this, in the theater or in the store or whatever is yeah. vaccinated or yeah. you don't get in. Yeah. Yeah. So it's um, hopefully it's going to get better as we hit to the end of the year and uh, into 22. Yeah. I'm hoping that, that things where we can. I mean, we used to do 
you know, shows four nights a week, sometimes five nights a week. Oh, yeah. Very regularly yeah, yeah, and yeah. fill the place up. Yeah. And well, I want to get I want to get get us doing some more um, video episodes of the podcast. Yeah, we, we did a they bunch of those. Well, really when you did the couples thing, when yes, it was the couples, that was re- that, that was both really in music. Fun. Yeah, Tony Furtado yeah, and all those folks. All right, all right. Lisa Mann, who yeah. I saw the other night at the uh, at the uh, Muddy Awards. It was yeah. really great to see her win. And yeah. Lloyd. Jones win well, you, and you we won, won but you won yeah yeah we did we won for the product kind of because of COVID we've had to start yeah. streaming out of out of yeah artichoke out of cafe artichoke uh-huh. Uh-huh. something we talked about doing for you know for the year that we had been here prior to that mm-hmm. we'd said yeah the next thing this next step is to start streaming the shows yeah and so it was in the works but when COVID hit every so much stuff shut down and then Bob Howard the executive director and I started talking about what can we do and it became a streaming thing. Yeah. Let's start streaming the shows and let people know we're still here and we're still open and we're still trying. Even though at the time there was no audience here. It was me right. and the performer and maybe Bob. And <laughs> that was it. Yeah. And we would stream the shows. Uh, sometimes we recorded the shows like we did. a uh-huh. Last year's Christmas show was shot on the stage, but it was shot with no audience. It was shot not uh-huh. even. It was, it was uh-huh. a live recording that we would then edit together into a show. What's, what's the Christmas show this year? Um, I, it's still coming together. Yeah, I, um, I understand I'm in it. You're in it, as you were in last time. <laughs> no, I and wasn't. You, yes, you were. You played some. You played some different different uh, records. Or, or I did? Some, yes, you did. I, I edited it together. If you say so. <laughs> you did. You did a little monologue about how these. this was a Chris, because you played uh, I have some, Hanukkah, I what have, was it? Oh, yes, yes, and Now yes, it's coming yes, back, yes, huh? Yes, you played yes, your, your favorite yes. Christmas jingle. Yeah, um, um, and I think he did what a Tom Lehrer song and a, and something yeah, else. Yeah, I'm yeah, trying to remember, but anyway, matzo balls, matzo, matzo balls, balls, yeah, that's a ball, da 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 da, yeah, 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 that's it. <laughs> and anyway, um, we're still pulling it together, but it should be. It's oh, first. I remember doing that now. Yeah, 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 yeah. I knew you. Yeah. Well, it's been a lot, a lot of water in the under the bridge in yeah. the last twelve months. A lot of brain cells aren't working like they used to. Well, <laughs> if you're doing it right. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Yeah, so we'll, we'll you know, anybody goes to artichokemusic.org, O-R-G, yes. and hits on the calendar. Um, we will uh, put that stuff up about the, uh, the show. I think it's going to have, uh, you know, a wide swath of people. We've been trying to expand yeah. here at Artichoke, expand yeah. Our, yeah. our musical family into... Uh, you know, as many genres as we can. We've got, you know, we did a, matter of fact, the thing I won the, the money for was doing live streaming of Cascade Blues Association right. shows. Right, right, And since then, we've done more stuff with uh, um, John, uh, Kuntz. Uh, John Kuntz was here. We had right. uh, uh, Marv and Rindy Ross have been right. here. right. Um, and you've had some jazz some in here. We've had some jazz. We've had Lloyd Jones right. is going to be coming up very soon. Um, uh, he's got a show coming in here. We've now got a a, a um, residency with uh, was it John Budsow and Denny Bigsby? Oh, is that right? Are doing a show here once a month. Huh, Though nice. Denny's missing, I think Denny's missing this month of November. Yeah, and I th- think there's somebody I forget who's filling in. I think it's Jack McMahon, but I couldn't. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so yeah, we've got that kind of stuff happening, and that's a residency. And the th- the the thing that always sells out here is flamenco tableau, huh. artichoke, yeah. which is a, a local flamenco group, and they f- 
even they were here a couple of weeks ago and they filled the place yeah, yeah. absolutely sell it out and actually they've got a couple of more shows coming up in november uh-huh. um that are my understanding is the tickets are just about gone good acoustic guitar summit should do great uh, yes and we got tom may and yeah. uh yeah. doug smith and the acoustic guitar yeah. summit I with mark hansen yeah. and with mark hansen and, and i've done so many stories on those guys yeah well they've I've, been I've around been doing, for a I, long I, time i've been doing I, I did stories on them when paul chaswin was still in the band well, I took from Paul, from uh, Mark Hansen for a couple of years. Guitar, yeah, he's wonderful, absolutely wonderful. And then Doug, Doug's a friend because of my, you know, I know Tom May very well. So um, anyway, yeah, we've talked a lot longer than you had planned. So, no, anyway, not at all. But yeah, Artichoke, man, check it out. We're trying to do some live music. We're trying to do some better stuff. And then uh, I don't know when this is going to air, but on November twentieth, yeah, in the afternoon here. Tom May is recording, as he does every month, his uh-huh. River City Folk radio show. Great. Nationally syndicated show. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going to be the guest. Awesome. You going to play? That. I'm going to play. Ah, oh, boy. I'm going to bring in my uh, bass player, Dale Jones, to help us nice. out. And nice. we're going to be doing eight or nine songs. And uh, Tom and I are going to perform a couple of them together. And then we'll do a bunch of my original stuff. And I'll get to talk a little bit more. And. Uh, and uh, it'll be on the radio. Wow, imagine that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, artichoke's ra- ra- happening. Radio's my first love. Radio is fun because you can do so much with it. Yeah. I mean, I used to love Fireside Theater just because it was, right. And right. It was right. just so wonderful what you could do with that, that you know, these, the imagination, theater of the mind yep. kind of stuff. Yep. Yep. Love yep. that stuff. I started, you know, everybody started in radio, yeah. it seems. I didn't. I oh, started, you started I, newspapers. I started in newspapers, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. But if if I could have played music on the radio, my entire career I'd have been probably happier. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the fir- first thing I did was in college. I got on the yeah. college radio station. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know where you could do anything. So anything. I did. I got the Saturday night. Oh, shift. The prime. And I and they used time. to sign off at ten, and I talked yeah. the, the the manager to letting us stay until midnight. I did that. So we did the Gary yeah. Furlow radio problem, <laughs> which I thought everybody else was the you know Bob Smith's radio program, very right. dignified. So I was the Gary Furlow radio problem, where things went wrong <laughs> occasionally or constantly, um, and uh, that was fun. And I used to help the guys on Saturday morning do their show. We had uh-huh. a, a guy named what was it Dan Avril, and I forget the other yeah, guy's yeah. name. Used to do this comedy show on Saturday mornings uh-huh. in Lafayette, Louisiana, on KRVS <laughs> FM, 100 watts, man. Well, there was a time when when um, uh, I was doing Saturday nights on KMHD. Oh, really? And I was I the, the shift started at 10, and then it, it, it was supposed to be a two-hour show. Oh, that's... so then I said, "How about can I have another hour?" They said, "Sure." And then I said, "Can I have another hour?" So I would do two hours of jazz and mm-hmm. then I turned the station into a bar and I played the bartender uh-huh. and that was the first time that soul music had ever been played on KMHD really boy did I get phone calls <laughs> yeah I got some kickback too I used to bring in all my own record collection yeah. in a box sure sure and play didn't we all nothing that was in the MO you right. know, we were right M- M.O.R., right. yeah. middle of the road. Yeah, yeah. And, and actually, <laughs> we were also the Metropolitan Opera Station. And every night it was Concert Hall. 
uh, you know, from seven to eight or yeah. seven to eight thirty or something like that, and yeah. then easy listening and all this other. It was a college <laughs> radio station. Right. This is pre NPR. There yeah, was no yeah. such thing back then. Right. Um, we did all our own newscasts. Sure. We had UPI. Uh, the, uh, get, get the teletype machines. Yeah, we had the teletype. Got to rip and read. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> and we had all that. It was a college radio station, but we were a very good college radio station. Yeah. And we even had a couple of boss jocks. Boss jocks? Back in, in the day. Boss was it jocks. Benny Fontaine? God, you're really testing That was my not his real name. I'm sorry. No, Benny, Benny Fontaine, Fontaine was your his boss real jock. name. Hey, he was boss a boss jock. jock. Boss jock. And a really good sports guy. <laughs> and I think he went on to do sports and television after a while. And a guy named Leland Laborde and Russ, Russ, Russell, oh, I forget his, line, his name. Anyway, but these guys were boss jocks from the 50s. Boss jocks. And, I mean, they were in college. This was 1967, 68. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but they were right out of the 50s and, you know, get a job and uh, doo-wop and all this stuff. That's good. And it was really, yeah, really nice. a lot of fun. These yeah. are people, some of the people I got right. into. Co in the, well, Cousin Bruce, he's still on the radio. He's still on <laughs> XM radio yeah. every weekend. So, yeah, it's it was that, that was when radio was a ball because it was so it was whatever you wanted to do well it's still much. a ball for me especially well i listen still a ball for me thank you unless i'm working here on friday nights yeah. which is many friday yeah. nights yeah yeah it is it's still a ball and I'm, it's really one of the things that have gotten me through the pandemic well because i have had a fresh show every goddamn friday night well i know and a lot of it you were doing from your you're still are well, you still, still doing it from from I, your house and yeah. that that will continue okay it's just easier yeah. That's the way they want it. You oh, know? I mean, okay. You well, you can't. I mean, there's, 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 there's an air studio, right? Yeah, there's yeah, a yeah. Production studio, but there's an air studio, and you can't really have somebody doing a shift, and then somebody come right behind them. They got to wipe the place down, like yeah, flamethrowers or something. Yeah, 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 it's impossible, right? Yeah. So yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, and anyway, so you know, it's uh, you know, I, I, I get to do the show in my underwear. <laughs> As we should. Yes. Well, listen. Thank you very much for this. I appreciate. I always appreciate. Oh, it's great! Great to just talk. I know. I always about appreciate the old days like, and swapping stories up and, and, and shit. You know, that's good. Well, uh, we'll look for you on uh, everywhere. Yeah, actually, the uh, the show I'm doing with Tom, the radio River City Folk, we shoot it on November 20th, and then it will air nationwide sometime in late December, early January. Okay. I don't know. And what we do, the shows we do in, at, here at the cafe now, we film them too. Yeah. Well, we yeah. video them. Right. And uh, we'll edit that together and so it'll actually be a video version Nice. that will be on available online on Artichoke's nice. uh, YouTube and Facebook pages awesome. or video pages there. Awesome. As is everything we do here. Yeah. All of our shows are available Except there. Except this. Except this. Which, which should be well, the the video ones we, we've done yeah, are available. I know that there. So anyway. <laughs> well, okay. So everybody, when, when you when you see and hear stuff from Artichoke Music, that's Gary. Mm. Yep. <laughs> and other people, Sarah and and Jason. Yeah, and, but you know Adam but, but and of course Bob. You're the boss. Yeah. Well, you're the boss. It's kind of sometimes. Everybody knows sometimes that. they let let me think I am yeah, anyway. You are. All right. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. All right. And as we like to say at the end of these things. That's entertainment. Seriously, <laughs> good. We did 42 minutes. Wow.